Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. League year officially underway across the NFL. OutKick 360 underway in hour number three with Chad Withrow. I'm Jonathan Hutton, PK, back with us next week. J.P. Aaron Zibia in studio with us. He is back. With uh, OutKick across the OutKick Network, 6th and Peabody, our location, where you can join us daily next time you're in Nashville. Yeehaw Beer, Old Smoky Moonshine. Maybe you're in Middle Tennessee and you're going to be here for the watch party tomorrow. We told JP about this. This is the place to watch all of your NCAA tournament games, especially the first and second round matchups where all the TVs, massive big screens, inside, outside, weather's going to be perfect. Tomorrow, this location is where you want to be right here in Nashville if you're in the area. If not, we hope you'll tune in. And, Chad, as we said, it's a, it is a, a compliment. It is a take us along for the ride for the NCAA tournament. It's Have a, us on your mobile device or listen trip. to this radio station that you're listening to currently. We'll get you through the day. We're going to give you live score updates. And, and Chad's exactly right. The substitute teacher's in tomorrow as the NCAA tournament is underway. JP? Well, we're, we're pushing JP hard yeah. to be here with Are us you tomorrow. coming tomorrow? So we gave him the hard sales pitch. I am, I am considering it. I have, I have <laughs> one more person. I have to have – I run it by one more person. <laughs> yep. You guys know how that uh, works. I understand. And, totally uh, understand that. But you listen, Tennessee is going to be on that TV tomorrow. You know that I'm a big yeah. Tennessee guy, so – I will be watching. Uh, It'll I, be on during our show. We want to get you, JP, to come by halftime, you know, media timeouts to give us your analysis of I mean, what you're seeing because I'm also a Tennessee guy and a Tennessee grad, and I'll be somewhere where I can't really see the game while doing the show. So I'll need your analysis <laughs> on what's happening while trying to keep one eye on the game to my right. And I know I'm, I'm, a, I'm a baseball guy, but I did. I was a power forward in Miami in high school, and I was not a big scorer, but I was a big rebounder, big box out guy, yeah. a lot of effort. Big defensive guy. So I can give you a few things. Uh, if a guy doesn't box out, I can really talk about that. You just summed really up uh, every adjective for a white basketball player. You can go, real great locker room guy, heady, <laughs> yeah, yeah. a hard worker, yeah. rebounder, yeah. first team and first last guy. Yeah. yeah, all of it. That, that was JP in basketball. I yeah. love it. Oh, a lot has happened since we last had you on the show. We've made it through the lockout. Uh, Freddie Freeman is no longer with the Atlanta Braves. They've moved on, traded for Matt Olson. Uh Let's start in Atlanta, and then I want to get into the nuts and bolts of what happened with this lockout and what, what, accomp- what, what the league accomplished, what the owners accomplished. Chad, I want you to lead off, though, with your thoughts on Freddie Freeman, and we've got a good friend of the, the Braves GM in studio with us. Well, and, and that's where, yeah, I want to start there with Alex Anthopoulos, who I know you know him well, JP. You're a big fan of his. I think the question for Braves fans is, okay, what happened? to get to that point seemingly so quickly where it was more of a preemptive strike to go ahead and trade for Matt Olson and have that contract ready to go for eight years where clearly they didn't see things moving forward with Freddie Freeman. What was your reaction to it? What do you think 
Alex Anthopoulos is thinking. Well, I'll tell you one thing. If there's one thing that Alex Anthopoulos is good at is being ruthless in the sense of he goes after it regardless of what people think. And that's one thing he did in Toronto. He obviously was with the Dodgers for a little bit in the front office and then going to Atlanta. I mean, he goes after it. He, he's, he's proven that he is not scared to maybe ruffle some feathers, but then step on the gas. And I think if you see his track record, right, in Toronto, he traded for Brett Lowry, right? And he was a Canadian kid. And as he traded one of the players, uh, Mark, uh, one of our pitchers, um, I can't think of his name right now. I'll think about it in a second. But they, when he traded for Brett Lowry, Brett Lowry was the Canadian star coming up. So, hey, he's coming home to Canada. Then, actually, I was part of this. I got let go of. And the year later, they signed Russell Martin. Hey, Canadian, coming home. Right? So you start to think about the marketing behind it, the, the messaging behind it. And if there's anybody who can sell, hey, Freddie Freeman, we're not bringing him back, but Matt Olson from Atlanta, Georgia, coming home, played as a kid watching Chipper Jones and all these Atlanta Braves, and he, now he sells the product, and it's easier to swallow. Listen, Freddie Freeman, I, I didn't think that Freddie Freeman would play in another uniform just Honestly with you, I, that's what I thought. But that's what Alex Anthopoulos does, and he's smart. I mean, listen. Is that more because of Anthopoulos' thoughts on Freddie Freeman, what Freddie Freeman's camp wanted? Why, do you, why did you have that in your mind that he wasn't going to be back in Atlanta? Well, no, I thought he would. thought he, oh, you thought he, he would be no, no, back? No, I, I thought I would never see him play in a different uniform. I got uniform. you. Okay, sorry. That's I what thought I, no, you no, said that's you thought what, he was going to be gone. No, no, I, I thought he wouldn't play in another uniform just because of what he's meant to that organization, his leadership skills, everything – uh, that, that Freddie Freeman brings to the table. Obviously, there's numbers, there's age, there's things like that that come to it in the early 30s is different than mid-20s, later 20s. Um, you still have a left-handed bat. You didn't lose a left-handed bat. You have somebody who drives in a ton of runs, plays great defense, hit home runs, hits for average, played in a brutal ballpark to hit in and still put up monster numbers, now going to a better park to hit in. But again, when you start to see the things, how can I soften the punch of getting rid of Freddie Freeman? You have the hometown Matt Olson, who is not a just slouch. I mean, the guy's a stud. But at the end of the day, he is a Atlanta, Georgia boy. So then it's easy to sell, hey, we brought the hometown kid to Atlanta. I know Freddie. Listen, I know your, your thoughts on Freddie, but hey, we brought him home. Well, and it's it, there's no other better solution, right? Like if, that, if that's the alternative, I'm trying to think of the alternatives to letting hometown hero Freddie Freeman. I know he's not from there originally, yeah, but yeah. Braves hero Freddie Freeman go. It's you trade for Matt Olson, who's younger than Freddie Freeman and may end up being as good as Freddie Freeman, right? And you think about when you go, and now analytics will tell you, you know, as you get older, which is why you see the game getting younger, which is why you saw such a fight for the younger players during the lockout is because as players are getting older, they're getting more devalued because think about those contracts like the Albert Pujols. Think about the contract of even a Russell Martin. Guys that have had longer contracts, as they get older, the decline has been pretty big and now you're stuck with a large contract. And so they want to go younger, which they went. They also Brought a, it's easy sell marketing-wise. As we know, marketing is a big deal. Hey, they are going to market. We brought back 
Hey, Georgia, born and raised. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your hometown kid playing first base for the Atlanta Braves. So I, I find the numbers of this interesting because the reports were they offered Freddie Freeman somewhere like five years, $140 million. They give Olsen a seven-year, $140 million contract, but they sweeten the pot because he gets $36 million over the first two years, which is more than what he would get in arbitration. Is this a sign that, hey, um, hey, not only are we bringing back the Atlanta guy, we're giving him the contract that our guy just turned down and refuses to go to bat and actually negotiate with and us. And to add a little bit to that, Freddie wanted six, I believe. Yeah, what's yeah. The, that what? would take him to 38. Eight, which is, this eight-year contract for Matt Olson takes him to 35. Yeah, they added the eighth year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but, but tell me, what, why, did, why, why was Freddie Freeman just – he, he was holding firm on the six-year and not a five-year deal. Well, because he wants he, – he knows his worth, right? At the end of the day, this is a guy who arguably is an MVP every single season so far. And he didn't fall off. Last year, the second half, he got better. I mean, his numbers were ridiculous. And you, you can argue that his numbers are really, really good, and it's tough to imagine that he's going to drop off. But as age has shown around the league, mm-hmm. numbers will start to fall. And so is that the case? Look, Freddie can go somewhere else and all of a sudden put up his huge numbers again. And you, you might look at it and go, man, we, we should have kept Freddie or we could have signed him to what he wanted. But you have the younger player again. You have the local boy. And when you push a front-heavy contract, right, now you have to start to think of trading, right? How did these things work? Why do, why do the teams front-load a contract? Why do teams do that? The Marlins did it with Jose Reyes. They did it with Mark Burley. Sometimes you, you get these players and you get after them, but then they become a little bit more expendable after because now you can trade and people are going to want to pick up that contract in case you want to be able to dump it. J.P. Aaron Sibia in studio with us. Played at Tennessee, uh, major league catcher. Now he's a part of the Marlins broadcast team, uh, the main broadcast team, by the way. Props. You're going to your – even I, more games, right? Yeah, well, I, I, got a, I got from the pre- and post-game show, I right. moved on up to the – Yes. Main broadcast. So. Love that. Love that. Um, but the final thing for me on Freeman. So Rizzo staying in New York. Yeah. He gets the contract. The Yankees were in the mix, at least according to reports, for Freeman. Is it L.A. or bust now? And what's the leverage that he has or maybe that he's lost this week with Olsen going to Atlanta and Rizzo staying in New York? If there's any leverage lost, it's maybe on the amount of years, right? Maybe he... he that sixth year might he might sign a four-year deal or a six-year or a five-year deal, whatever it may be. Or he bets on himself and says, All right, I'll take a three-year higher pay. I still think San Diego's in the mix, especially, you know, you think about Eric Hosmer and how much he struggled during his contract. They're trying to dump Eric Hosmer. Uh, you're seeing how the trading frenzy has been going on. They haven't had a first baseman. I think San Diego is in a spot where they have to win and prove it because they've spent money, but they haven't really done what they – I mean, the Giants have outplayed them and the Dodgers. Um, and they need a first baseman because, again, Eric Hosmer has not been that guy. And then you have Tatis going down for three months. That is a huge offensive loss. So, and they just found out about that. Well, I know, which is, which is crazy because he, 
I mean, again, <laughs> it happened in December. <laughs> yeah, it ha- and it's and which they say, you know, the reason why is a lockout, and he couldn't. There was no communication. Yeah. On, but I mean, you, you that was you the one guy who was thrilled with that lockout out, like, at the time. I, I mean, can yeah. you imagine breaking your wrist and your hem? You're well, like, and, boy, and, I, I'm really glad this lockout's well, taking place. Well, I don't have to call anyone. Well, and then the thing is, is what do you say? Because obviously, there's these things called voided contracts. If yeah. you do it a certain, if you're riding a motorcycle or you're doing something that you should have been doing, yep. All of a sudden. Now you get into a little bit of a hairy situation. So I think, um, you know, it is what it is. And he, now he's out for three months. So the Padres need to fill that void. And Freddie Freeman can fill that void. And the good thing with Freddie Freeman, again, and these high-dollar free agents or players like Freddie Freeman, is most of the time the value is not going to drop to where, listen, if you're out of it, the GMs always have to think as well a year ahead, two years ahead. You're out of it. He is a guy that teams are going to want at the, at the all-star break or at the trade deadline, left-handed power hitting bat, good defense. He's a guy that you can trade for some prospects eventually, right? So you have to, you think about the short game, you got to think about the long game too. And I think Freddie Freeman is a guy who will always have that allure of, hey, he can, if we're not, if we're out of it, there's a team that's going to want a left-handed bat. And now with the DH, universal DH, now you really can have two boppers and kind of just switch them back and forth between first base and DH. Chad, when is Acuna back like full-time playing in oh, the field uh, and all uh, that? According to Instagram, he's already I know, back yeah. because uh, he blasted a <laughs> 400 and some foot home run in batting practice yeah. and just after one swing and turned to well, the camera and said, I'm back. I'm back yeah. <laughs> well, I think, he, I think they're going to allow him to hit in some situations, yeah, but not May, play the field. Late, or late May is, is going to be when he can play in the field yeah. uh, full time. How great is that? DH, he's going to be hitting. Way. Yeah. He's going to be hitting early, Yeah, but late May for in the field. The Braves are going to need to find a center fielder uh, also at some point, but that lineup is is stacked. Um, I, I keep going back to Tatis, though, and that, <laughs> I mean, that is. That's a boy, blow. That is tough if you're yeah. the Padres and you're sitting there. This you, is you this really is buy our the franchise. fact they didn't know. I mean, he's was he in, I, in another country? I, well, I, I you, he could have been. I mean, he's Dominican. Right? That's what I'm so saying. Yeah, I, I don't if know. If I that, own the team and I'm, or if I'm running the franchise, and I just signed that dude a year and a half ago to a 350 million dollar contract, I'm going to know if that guy is in a motorcycle accident. Yeah, but the difference is that at the end of the day, the union protects players. And, <laughs> this is crazy, and man. so. Listen, you don't... And again, if he's in a foreign country and he's yeah. going to a hospital there or a doctor yeah. there, no one had to know. Yeah, other listen, than the people and, around him. And you time. have enough money. The dude can buy an x-ray machine for his house if he wants and yeah. go, hey, I don't have to worry about telling yeah. anybody. If he's or, going to a San Diego hospital yeah, or different. doctor, they're going to know. Yeah. The Padres will know quickly, but... If you're in a foreign country, <laughs> yeah, they're in DR. You, you could think, hide it. Yeah, you think those guys are telling if they shoot that to the media, they might get a machete to the leg. You got to be careful. <laughs> well, okay, that's fair. <laughs> Don't want to hurt your own. Yeah, <laughs> especially if uh, Tatis is the one swinging it. Right. Yeah. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. Coming up, we get into the lockout. I I, I don't know what was gained by this 99 day lockout. JP honestly. does though. No, oh, he does. JP knows. he does. Uh, and, and, and keep in mind, the owners locked out the players, and I don't get the sense the owners won all that much. We'll discuss straight ahead on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. You can follow JP Aaron Sivia on Twitter at JP Aaron Sivia9. How about this quote <laughs> from Chris Mortensen, Chad? Just real quick on Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Um, You've piqued my interest. Chris Mortensen. Say more. Chris Mortensen says, while discussing Baker Mayfield and the Browns, quote, they're breaking up regardless of Watson, and quote, they want an adult at quarterback. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that's one way to go to the team as your source yeah. and, and get their thoughts on it. I'm telling you, that statement he made, while nice to Cleveland fans and the city and everything, to me it screamed of a girl getting broken up with with a preemptive Instagram strike when the guy's not answering her calls. That's what Baker Mayfield posted on social media so he last night. Well, he got to stay at the stadium like the State Farm commercials? Yeah, that's well, great. They, I mean, you know, they could just move it to Indy. I mean, he could just, that, <laughs> that could be Baker's new home. Is It's indoor also. I mean, there's a lot of commercials. It could be a Lucas Oil in, Stadium now. In that stadium. So, yeah. Do they have a... He's very good on commercials. Like, I, I will say, he's very good. Does they, do they show him packing and headed out That would actually crying. be very funny. <laughs> I think it'd be great. You think, the Browns, would, you think the Browns would allow it? <laughs> For them to come in and shoot those commercials where he's having to leave. Any a, any price can yeah. uh, sell. I think that'd be terrific. I know. I it would is, like that. Uh, uh, we uh, should start our own ad agency. <laughs> We're just coming up with these great ideas yeah. and just floating them out there for I people mean, to see. It, 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 by the way, we could come up with better than than Baker. I mean, there there are plenty of options now. Uh, you know, Joe Burrow comes to mind. Well, that should be should be taking over in so Ohio forever. Here's the ad agency uh, that's in me saying what they should do with this ad campaign but they can't do it because of the person in question and what he's been accused of. But if the Browns land Deshaun Watson, yeah. having a commercial where Baker's having to leave the Wi-Fi instructions and the key and other <laughs> instructions to the stadium to Deshaun Watson who comes and picks it up, and the commercial ends with Deshaun Watson picking it up, and then now he's the guy in the commercials in Cleveland would be genius. That would be smart. Couldn't get him to agree to it. Again, I understand from a marketing standpoint, might not want to go that route right yeah. now to Sean Watson, but that would be the funniest commercial. 99 day lockout ended and we get the season pushed back a bit, but ultimately no harm, no foul. I think they're going to get all the games in, right? Yeah, no blood. 162. Um, ultimately, what was gained, JP, from, from the owner's perspective, from the league perspective, was it worth it? I don't think so. I mean, I think it was a lot of posturing. And when you start to see, you know, what the, the details of the agreement were, um, you know, the players got their luxury tax, the CBT tax got moved to the 230s and plus 230 million, $230 million and plus. Um, they created that pool for the younger players uh, to be able to pull from. The one thing that the players were adamant was about Super 2, which means – Instead of going to arbitration after your third full season, you go after your second, which the top 22% of that class goes to arbitration as a Super 2 status, which is why it's considered time manipulation. So a team will hold players down long enough to they, where they miss that Super 2 status. They wanted it to be 100%, so go up to everybody after the second year going to arbitration. Regardless of how much time you spend up in the bigs. Now, they, but that never changed, so it's still at 22%. Okay. So they, the owners won that out, but, the, but they got – 
the pool. So what the pool is, is now those younger guys, let's say you're a rookie and you put up a monster year. Now, based on accolades and war and all these analyst, you know, analytical, you know, I would say, you know, however they compute it, they are now able to make pool from that pool to make more money coming up after their rookie season. Um, they got the extra, the owners did get the extra playoff teams, which was big because that is a huge revenue source for the owners. And they get a vast majority of that piece of the pie in the postseason, yeah, that's, right? And that's what the players get the gate. Yeah, is the, that right? The, the players, the players, when it comes to bargaining or to the, to the sharing of the revenue, owners crush it in the playoffs. That's why that was the huge, that was the big kind of carrot for the players was, hey, you want 14 teams instead of the 10. Well, here's what you're going to have to do for us, which again, I think that they did a good job. The one thing, the luxury tax at the beginning they were trying to do, which was crazy to me. And this, they, they try to like squash the market, the owners. And at the end of the day, so the luxury tax, the way it works, it was at 204. Anything you spend that over that, you have to pay a tax 20%, and then that gets divvied to the lower, the lower market teams. They wanted to raise it to 50%. So what happens is, is, if you think about it, the big market teams that go over that luxury tax are the ones that push the market, the salary going up, yep. right? And so if you're the Mets and you're paying 50%, or let's call it the Yankees, you're paying 50% on what you're doing above the payroll, and now you're having that's getting divvied to the teams like Tampa Bay, who's whooping your tail. Baltimore. Like all of them, all the low spending teams. But yeah, Tampa's winning. Yeah, well, Tampa's winning. And they're pocketing, they're not spending it on the players. And that's the whole thing. So then what that that essentially would have done was make guys, not owners, not go after it because they don't want to pay that kind of penalty, which then would diminish the market. Is the idea that you add, or at least part of the the negotiation and trying to get those on your side if you want to expand the playoffs, is that if you expand the playoffs, you have more teams willing to push, push towards the top of the salary cap and pay the extra money, and it, it entices spending by owners who otherwise would not spend? Exactly. I, I think that it, it allows teams to, quote-unquote, go after it more because that's the biggest thing with the players was competitive balance. I mean, if you look at baseball, you have the top half of the league and the bottom half of the league might as well just be playing just to play because you know that they have no chance. And they're, yep. and they're in which now – which I think baseball won in as well, is the draft lottery. Because before, your Baltimore, you have the first pick. Back-to-back year. back years. They'll have it next year. Yeah, and so <laughs> what happens is now that doesn't fly anymore. Now there's a draft lottery. And if you are the first pick, you can't get – I think it's, a, it's either the first nine picks or if you're the first pick, you can't be higher than nine. So if, if you get the first pick and you still tank – Next year, yeah. the highest pick you can get is 10. So the 10th pick overall. So it allows the draft lottery allows to really pre- prevent, you know, Tampa Bay Rays back before they were winning. If you think about it, they were David Price, Upton, all these one ones, all these one ones. Evan Longoria was yeah. one of them. Yeah, all the number one, one pick. All the one one picks because of where they continuously finished. And I think that's one thing that, that teams wanted to keep away from was, was tanking. I think. Uh, again, the the buys is a, is a good thing for the two top teams. I think one thing they have to look at eventually is the NBA, how they structure their playoffs as a as a top to bottom, you know, a seeding based on the whole league, 
as opposed to so you don't have San Fran and, and the and the giant or San Fran and the Dodgers playing a play in game, and then that's you have two of the best teams in baseball out out of the gate, right? And that's. So- with the expanded playoffs, are those going to be one just a one-off? Is that a one-game deal? No, there. I so from what I've understood, it's it's there's going to be buys and then they're going to be division. So then, so we'll have the five game series or everything seven? I think it's going to be I think five, five early, and yeah. then it'll go into the seven, seven game yeah. series. Okay, but at least and then so basically the semis will be seven, right? Right of the league, right. and then the championship series obviously seven. There will be uh, a three or five game series to get to that with two teams getting a buy. Well, yeah, with the buys, and so which is which is great. Um, there's honestly, I, I like that they went back to the nine innings. I don't like that they moved. They took the ghost runner off, and actually, I got kind of blown Me up too. by some of the players. I was like, they're like, oh, this is terrible. I'm like, I actually enjoyed it because, as a purist, right? I'm saying, well, how does that pitcher take the loss? Who gets that ERA? Like. Yada, yada, yada. But then at the end of the day, I looked at it as when we went in the extra innings, I was kind of like, all right, what, who, what happens now? Because there's yeah. going to be scoring. There's I, going to be. I thought it was I great. loved it. I, I thought it, it, it. I'm with you. It, it, it enhances the viewer, um, the, the mentality of, okay, this game's about to end one way or the other pretty quickly. Yeah. And but also know, there's a finality to it. You're not sitting around wondering if it's going 15 or 19. If you get the stop, you know, I'll call it that, in right. the top half of the inning yeah. with a runner on second, it's really fun to watch your team yeah. at home thinking, all right, yeah, good let's move this guy along at the very least and let's sack him. You know, that it's, it's right there in front of you. It's attainable. You feel disappointed if your team didn't win yeah. after getting the quote-unquote stop in the top I, half I think of the it's, And then it comes into, hey, do you bunt that guy over if you're the visiting team? Because their, their strategy says that, that one run's not going to win you that game, so they play for more. Where do you come down on the shifts and trying to trying to figure out a, a balance of what is truly competitive and what takes a great hit out of play? I, I, I like that the shift is kind of being taken away. And when people when people say like, Oh, you guys are pros, like just hit the ball the other way. Like, you don't think that at that level I know how to prevent you from hitting the ball just into that hole. What we're doing is we're pitching you a certain way, a certain way, so that you hit into that shift. We're not going to pitch it so that we're not going to throw you a fastball up and away so you just poke it to the other side and I'd say, "Hey, great job!" Like, no, we're throwing you sinkers down and in. So when you hit it, you're pulling it because if you try to manipulate a baseball at 96 miles an hour, that's a foul ball, and now you have a strike one. And now I'm in the driver's seat, and so that's where people don't understand. It's like. Oh, you, you just got to, you know, hit it the other way. Well, it doesn't work. If it was that easy, I guarantee you that people would be doing it consistently. And it's not. I've, I've been in the box. I've mm-hmm. tried. And all of a sudden, I'm 0-2, and I'm like, son of a gun. I just tried to be somebody I'm not, and I'm, now I'm going to get out because of it. Well, if people, or you're going to hit right into the shift. Yeah, or, <laughs> I, I swear to you, the first game ever, and I remember this like it was yesterday. 2014 was when the shift started happening, and it – Crushed me. We were playing the Houston Astros. I was with the Texas Rangers. I hit three balls on the screws in the hole. Three balls. It would have been three hits. And they were playing me in the hole. And I literally finished that game and I was like, this ain't good. This is not good. Because that's my power. And then the whole, as a kid, you're growing up and what do they tell you? Stay through the middle. Stay through the middle. Stay through the middle. Now, you hit a rocket up the middle and there's a guy right behind second base going, hey, great swing, but you're out. Like, they, they, they take one step. Yeah. So, well, it's 
So we got Ken on our, our YouTube chat right now saying uh, the runner on second sucked, in my honest opinion. Glad they went back to normal baseball. A lot of people feel that way. Now, it, it, I, and I get it. You know, the purists, they hate it. I, I liked it. I'm, I'm yeah. like you, JP. I, I like that rule. But there's also something very not baseball about if you've played the game your whole life, you know what a base hit looks like when you hit it. Yeah. You know what a double to the gap looks like because guys play actual positions. Yeah. And you don't have the shortstop playing second base and the second baseman playing almost first base and the first base playing the lot. Yeah. However, you shift it over. So to me, that's not baseball. Yeah. I watch the shift and I think this is not how the game is played either. Shortstop is in a general vicinity of where a shortstop goes when you start playing T ball <laughs> and, and work your way through it. If you've played enough, you know what a base hit feels like. And now it's a line out over the second over second base. Because a guy sitting right there. In, in, the, in the short right field, yeah. which, is, which is crazy. So that's why I think it'll help the game. I think it'll offensively help the game. And to the, to the comment of that, I think it's dumb. Now, here's the thing. What people don't realize, and this is something where I don't know why the players would be against it, but when we went into extra innings, there's a player, a pitcher, who's going to wear those innings, right? So now that guy throws three innings. Let's say we go three innings further into the game. We all knew that after that game was over, he was being sent down to the minor leagues. So that's 10, 10 days of minus service, 10 days of less major league pay, because now for him sticking his neck out on the line for us to try to win a game in extras, he is shut down for the next three days pretty much because he just threw three innings and he's usually a one-inning guy. So he's automatically sent down because we have to have a fresh arm. So now that player just lost out on 10 days in the big leagues because he went and did the extra mile to – help our team in the, in the extra innings where now that, that you stay away from that in the extra innings when the game is shortened. So I, I, it also helps players. It, it's, I think it's fun. I is think, that an unearned run for the pitcher when you yeah, come in yeah, and they yeah, automatically put a guy yeah, and say, okay, I'm, run, I'm yeah. making sure. Yeah, no, I was thinking yeah. about how that affects ERA. Oh, I, when, I first, when I first heard about it, I was like, come on. I mean, who gets the loss? Well, how yeah, does I mean, that happen? You know guys are paid and signed based on stats. And I'm thinking if yeah. you're a relief pitcher, yeah, you just get that's crushed. unfortunate when you get out there and you start with a runner on second yeah, and you give the, up a run. The phone rings in the bullpen and everybody's like, oh, I hope it's not me. Yeah. So tell us what's coming up with the Miami Marlins broadcast. You're going to be on, what, 60 of the games? Is that what you said? Yeah, I have uh, of 60 of the main broadcast, and then I'll have and then radio the, as well. Okay. I'll do, I'll do radio. I'll do 70 games in the, on radio. Um, so I'll talk about baseball, and it's nice. I won't do the pre- and post-game oh, you, show anymore. I'm, hey, I already know what we're planning right now. Marlins, whenever they're in Atlanta. It's early to, in the season. We need to meet JP down there. Let's do it. We can get you and Alex on the show at the same time. If we can, hey. if we can convince JP to come to our watch party tomorrow here at 6th and Peabody, Hutton, maybe we can also convince him to allow us to go to this Braves game to meet him and, and see him work Possibly. in the booth. That would be, that would be uh, obviously, you guys are always invited. And I would love to sit down with Alex. And I, and I, awesome. I would probably be able to get that done because uh, we have a good rapport with each other. And uh, I've always kept in touch with him. So that would be fun. But, I, I mean, I think it's going to be fun. I think the baseball season is going to be great. I think it's going to be a little bit more competitive this year. And I'm excited. Honestly, I'm excited. I think that... You know what I think is the best thing that they did next year? Have you seen the schedule, what they're doing with the schedule for next year? No. So they're taking away a divisional series so that every team can play every team. So there's no more, like, oh, you know, the, the Central, and then this year you're playing, uh, you know, the, the AL West. As You'll have one series against everyone. Everybody. Which I is, like that. Which is awesome. That's cool. Which is awesome. That is very because cool. Because then what that does is 
it, it really takes away more. Now you start to know, like, oh, this, they play in the NL East. That's such a tough division. Like, no, well, they're going to play everybody. So you kind of have a little bit of an idea of how, how a team actually is. Hey, well, congrats on the move up, by the way. Yeah. Also with the Marlins broadcast. We're, we're a well year late on it, though, it sounds like, because if we're getting Alex Anthopoulos, uh, last year, if this were going on, we'd have Derek Jeter on the show. It's not the case anymore. Yeah, well, unfortunately, Mr. Jeter is uh, moved on. And, uh, you know, I had a good time with him, but, you know, it is what it is. And, and from what I've heard, uh, Bruce Sherman, who's the owner of the Marlins, says, hey, the status does not change. We're still going to go and stay in the direction we're staying, and we're going to spend money, and they continue to stick to that. So hopefully, uh, because I'll tell you what, it's a lot more fun calling games when they're winning. Um, oh, for sure. Because, you know, when it's, when it's tough and you – I don't like bagging on guys because I know how hard the game is, and uh, so I obviously I, I want them to win. So it's a long season. Uh, it's especially a long season when you're not good. Yeah, try to, part of team. try to be the Orioles. Try to be the Orioles. That's Hutton's the- team. My team. Yeah, <laughs> hey, I was bummed about the lockout because March 31st, going through like mid-April, that's when they win. That's when the or- the Orioles will lead their division, or they'll be a game and a half back, and then all hell breaks uh, breaks loose. It's and- like early mid-May. I feel like is when it starts to fall yeah. off. Well, you just, it's yeah. just enough to get the fans to come out, maybe some crabs, old bay seasoning, you know, kind of get them going, a yeah. few brewskis, and then all of a sudden it's like, all right, guys, we're down. Uh, when do those Ravens start playing? Yeah. Let's, uh, let's start talking about that now. <laughs> all the commercials during the in-between yep. innings is Ravens. Ravens season tickets. Yeah. I bought in with the Orioles because they, they, I mean, they essentially, Chad, they purchased me. Yeah, they bribed uh, you. Yes, and um, well, I did this deal where I don't, I don't know if I've even told the, the new audience. I, I, I wrote all Major League Baseball teams except for the Yankees and the Braves, and I just said I was a free agent fan, and like I'm willing to go all in and be a fan of your organization. I had seven teams respond. Uh, Baltimore was, of course, one of them, but by far and away, it was them in Arizona that really bought into the whole idea of it. And so they were going back and forth competing. And this is a radio think, show. Yeah, yeah radio right. show. We were yeah. talking about it on air. And, and the, Orioles, the Orioles the Orioles, just and, crushed it. Yes. I mean, they sent all kinds of stuff. They were willing to fly us up and do a live show. They want us to do a live show from Camden Yards. Well, we hey, haven't yeah. done it yet. I, I want to. Which, I've that never place been. You have, oh, dude, it's awesome. Camden is really cool. Yeah, I've heard and, it's great. They were great. Yeah, well then, I mean, listen. if they, if and, they, oh, oh, they had Manny Machado and uh, uh, Chris Davis was actually crushing the baseball. He lived up to the nickname of Crush Davis at the time. They had a decent roster, and then, like, within six months, they traded everyone. Well, they did a good job of, obviously, uh, <laughs> working you guys on free agency, it sounds like. They, yeah. Uh, they sold it. Was, by the way, it was I, have, fun. I have to get this in at some point. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I was going to ask you about it. So, where do you have the Vols? He's, by the way, for those listening, JP's wearing uh, the checkerboard uh, baseball, Tennessee baseball shirt. I love shirt, that he's got he, a Tennessee baseball he's wearing shirt. He this, said, this is really in the spirit yeah. of Tennessee hoops. He's well, wearing yeah, this for I, Tennessee. I have to cover this side right yeah. here, and then we'll just – I bat. Basketball. Yeah. <laughs> well, so how it's far? It's a good time to be a Tennessee fan right now with both baseball and basketball. A uh, quick reminder: you, you can sign tomorrow, up for the, right the bracket now challenge. I sent JP the link to the bracket challenge. I don't know if you filled it out I, yet. I did. Oh, you well, did. Who do you have? Well, hang on. They say how far do you have Tennessee going? Well, I will. Let me preface this: what they say not to write a bracket out with your heart, right? Not with emotions. Okay. So I completely went against that. <laughs> and I have them winning the national championship. <laughs> so I have them I love it. winning the national championship. And I truly believe, though, I will say this. I do think at the minimum Final Four, because I think that their, their path, you kind of go through it. It's, it's not a tough path. I mean, Longwood could shoot 
the yep. old rock, but we have pretty good defense. The, what scares me is Rick Barnes in postseason over Not time. Not a great record. But, but now you know momentum and you know how – Teams finish hot. It's a new year. They finish hot. Well, yeah, right. but they finish hot. Yeah. And usually they're not great in the tournament. They finish hot. And I think that they roll with that momentum. I'm, on, I'm all on board. Like I said, don't vote. Don't write it out with your heart. I 100% wrote it out with my heart. And uh, I have Tennessee winning the national championship. Ellie Sylvia, our production assistant, is from New Orleans. And she said if Tennessee makes it to the Final Four in New Orleans, she will host the entire show at her compound. Yep. Uh, down in New Orleans. So they, they, they live on an entire city block, yep. from what I hear, and we can all stay in the separate guest houses, and we wow. can go down for Tennessee in the Final Four. Tennessee makes the Final Four. I want to find a way uh, to New Orleans she's, to watch them in the Final she's Four. Actually, she's going to go out in the, in, in, in the golf and catch our, our food as well, and, our dinner. And, and yes. for, for dessert, beignets? Yes. From Cafe yeah, Dumont? Abs- absolutely. For sure. Yeah. The whole thing. Yeah. We're, doing, we're doing all of it. Well, I, listen, I, I, I want it. Obviously, I want Tennessee to go a, a long way. I think there's a lot of great teams in the SEC that are obviously in the tournament as well. I know that you have Kentucky, you said, I right? Do. Which yeah. I, I think that they're kind of, uh, they've been playing not as great late. But I, you know what I want to see is I want to see Coach K kind of go out, uh, you know, that, that good. It, it would be a cool good. story if yeah, they're in the good. Final Four with a chance to win yeah. it all in his final year. Yeah, so I think that'd be a good feel-good story. I mean, I've got, I've got Arkansas and Kentucky playing in the Final Four. I love Eric Musselman. I think a phenomenal coach and, and the way he has that group playing. And in Kentucky, I, it's not that I was, I'm a, you know, a SEC homer or a Kentucky fan by any means. I, they have a very good team. I'm just going kind of like you with Tennessee. You start looking at their path and you start clicking winners. Yeah. I just kept clicking on Kentucky. Which is, I've by got the way, them in the final four. The huge Kentucky. thing, the clicking. Wow, what an addition to make. It makes it so much oh, easier instead of like, yeah, writing it but out. By the way, right I now. still have to do the, the paper bracket every year. It's one of my favorite things to do is actually write it. I, I obviously with our with, bracket. With pencil, by the yeah, way. Click it. Yeah. Yeah. With pencil. With pencil, and it reminds me. So he wrote his name up top. Um, and this, it's like first and last name, like it's a homework assignment. Too. Yeah, yeah, and you bolt. You just like someone's going to take bold. this and hey. be like, uh, excuse me, is this Chad Withrow's bracket? I need to hand I've, it back I to him. I felt so bad last year for Chad um, because. The True TV and TNT, they're all promoting this new show called Chad. And it's about like this. It's like, you well, know. That was last year. No, it's back. They continued. It's back were, for another season. They ran no less than five promos for it last night. Really? And it's like, you know, it's like Pat. It's like, is he, is it a he or well, she? You don't know. It's no. And that's how it is with Chad. It looks yeah. like a, it looks like a boy, but it's a girl no, in high school or something. So what it is, it's Nassim Padra. Uh, who was formerly of SNL, who was a late 30s woman <laughs> okay. playing a 14-year-old boy. Wow. So it's a woman in her 30s, Name but Chad. it's complete deadpan. <laughs> like It's not like, is, is it a he, is it a she? It's, she is playing a 14-year-old boy going through puberty honestly, as a 30-something woman, and that's the, that's and the, the conceit of the and comedy the name of the, of the show, show. is just Chad. And yeah, her name, his name is Chad, <laughs> the character's Listen, name. That's, I, I think it's a good name to have. It's a terrible name. Yeah, it's a great. <laughs> JP, it's a, I appreciate that. You're very kind. It's the worst name. Yeah, ever. it's a tough one for I've had show. to fight uphill my whole life. Well, I'm just uh, waiting. It's amazing I am where I am right now with and this Chad, first name. Last year, Chad's like, of course, they, we have a show. You know, it's, yeah. it's based on the name Chad. And it's uh, complete tool, I'm sure. The first yeah. is like, <laughs> well, it's back. Yeah, it's back. There's never been uh, uh, Chad be the hero of a story that I've ever watched or, or read. <laughs> no, no. Oh, you yeah, know, Chad, you know who man. saved all that old lady from the burning building? It was Chad. Not That's Chad. 
Chad's always the frat guy villain uh, of uh, Chad's of the arson. Movie. Yeah, he's the yeah. arsonist. Yes, I, the guy who burned it down. I yeah. believe Chad was the villain in Backdraft. Also, <laughs> was the arsonist. Uh, JP, good to see you. Good to see you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, I uh, after here I'll send the text message to the to the boss. You Check know in. How that works. Make sure. Hey, Check hey, in. You know, maybe it. we'll see the boss as well. Yep. Who knows? Uh, Who knows? Uh, maybe. I, I it is tournament say, time. Yeah, I don't know if she's a, a the sports fan, but yeah. uh, but. Regardless, she South has Dakota to State is in the, uh, yes, in the tournament, I, yes. so who and knows? They can shoot. Who is, just the give Jack it to Rabbits. me quick. Who are the ones, because I've heard San Diego State also shoots lights out. Who's the lights out team, elbow in, old Hoosier style, that just drains threes and upsets the team? Well, and if you tell me Longwood, no, I'm I mean, going right in the shorts. Longwood definitely plays that way. They shoot Col- a lot of threes. Colgate, remember Tennessee played Colgate yes. in a close game a few years yeah. ago. They're a team that shoots a ton of threes. Here's the deal about... Uh, basketball now in general, everyone shoots a lot of threes. Yeah. Well, but it's the teams that are so small in the smaller conference schools, they rely Maryland-Baltimore County, yeah. if you remember. Uh, they're going to rely on the three-point shots, so pretty much all of them. Go look at whoever Illinois is playing, because Illinois is always going to have the post advantage. They and play Chattanooga. They play so Chattanooga. They shoot a ton of threes. Um, UAB, they could get them in the second round. Um, Davidson. Yes. I, I went yes. I went Davidson just because of the Curry, the Steph Curry. Yeah. So I you do know he doesn't I, play for them right now though. Right? Oh, I do, I do. But <laughs> I, I pick. you know what? Obviously that I That would help them. That would help them I, against Michigan State. I mean, I'm not I'm a baseball guy, right? I know yeah. other sports, I watch other sports, but I'm not as dialed in in college basketball. So I had to go with my gut on a few of them and I was like, you know what? Curry went to Davidson. I'm picking Davidson. We all have our reasons. We're not sitting around watching all of these teams. So we no. have one reason or another for picking them. So that, that reason is as fine of a reason as okay, I've heard. So that, that's good. It works. Dapier and Sibia bringing the knowledge on Major League Baseball and at the end with this bracket. You can join the bracket challenge as well. Follow us on Twitter at Outkick360. Go to Outkick.com. Link is there as well. Still plenty of time to fill it out and join. Win some great prizes. We wrap up the show with the latest NFL headlines from day one of the league year next. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Wrapping up what's been a jam-packed and fun show, Outkick 360 across the Outkick network. Tonight, we've got more play-in matchups, and then the tournament gets underway officially tomorrow. Unofficially is how I would phrase it right now. And I do think that Rutgers Notre Dame could be really good tonight. I've got Rutgers money line tonight. I got Rutgers uh, winning and then beating Alabama. How about that? I uh, whoever wins, I have that, beating I'm, Alabama. I've got Indiana winner of the play-in game last night going to the Sweet Sixteen. I got Rutgers getting the second round. And then tomorrow, as we go live on the air, we'll have a couple of finals for you. Michigan, Colorado State will already be done as we take to the air and. Look, we've, we're going to have uh, tons of scores, uh, in-game updates where uh, Memphis and Boise State should be wrapping up as we begin. Uh, Baylor, one of the one seeds, will be underway. Tennessee and Longwood. Uh, and then once we get rolling, Iowa takes on Richmond. 
Gonzaga and Georgia State will tip off during our show tomorrow. Marquette and North Carolina. And those games will be either past halftime or going final as we go off the air into the night session where the watch party really begins at 6th and Peabody. Well, and, and uh, I said it earlier, it's kind of like a field trip day for a couple days on the show. N- not your standard show. We're going to have some special guests swinging by. Uh, TSU head coach Brian Penny Collins will join us live tomorrow at 4.15. Former NBA star Brandon Wright at 2.15 on Friday. So we'll talk hoops with different people, but if something catches our eye or there's a score to report, we're going to talk hey. about it. We're going to discuss it live as it's happening throughout the tournament tomorrow and Friday. And we will continue our NFL discussion. Uh, we will not ignore all the free agency news. Armando Salguero is on tomorrow's show, as he is each and every Thursday. We'll have the very latest. Uh, the latest uh, with the roster moves, Julio Jones will be released by the Titans. He's been designated a release on June 1st. They get more cap savings, like $9.5 million, uh, is what uh, I've seen reported. Nine and a half million saved on the cap if they release him after June 1st. So they've designated him a June 1st wave. And uh, he's out of here after one year. Uh, Deontay Foreman leaves, uh, signs a, a one-year $2 million deal, I think, elsewhere. A lot of people are, are upset about that. Um, I, it doesn't bother me. No. That is a position. He was unemployed, and he came he's, in and did well with the Titans. He, he was great for what they needed at the time. You can find those guys a lot of places. I wouldn't lose too much sleep over Deontay Foreman leaving if I were a Titans fan. That's just my take. That's no knock on Deontay Foreman. That is my take on that position, especially a backup at running back when you got Derrick Henry as a starter. Right. And the, the Titans signed a running back today. His name's Trenton Cannon. Um, you should just know he's a special teams type player. Uh, was with San Francisco. So that's why they're adding him to their roster. Um, He's not Deontay Foreman, I guess is what I'm saying. He's not that type of guy. And the, the Titans will be looking for a legitimate backup for Derrick Henry. Just not going to be Deontay Foreman. But if they end up keeping Christian McCaffrey, they have Hubbard there as well. Who knows? Foreman could be a training camp release, and they're right back where they were uh, at middle portion of last year. We're back here tomorrow for the NCAA tournament. Hope you'll join us for Outkick 360 here at 6th and Peabody.